Kiddushin Daf Memhe, the last thing we're discussing, was a statement that was said by Shmuel, that a Ketana, who is Mitkadesh, without her father's consent, she needs a Get, as if she was in Mitkadeshet, and she needs a Mi'un. And Ula said, she doesn't need anything, not a Mi'un, not a Get, nothing. And Rav Kahana asked a question from uh, from Yibum, and we ended up explaining that's not a real question. And with that, we're going to start Mem Dalet Amudibet, second to last line, last word. It says Mativ. Now we're on the last line. Mativ Rav Hamnuna. Rav Hamnuna has a question, and this is in regards to an Ama Ivriya, a Jewish maid servant. It says over there, En Mochra Likrovim. Tanakama holds that when someone sells his daughter as a slave, you have to leave an option for her to be able to get married to the master. And therefore, you can't sell it to relatives. So uh, let's say a father can't sell his daughter to her brother, for example, because he can't marry her. And and they said in the name of Rabbi Lazar that he can sell her to relatives because you don't need the option of getting married. Her being a slave is enough in itself. Veshavin and Tanakam and Rabbi Lazar both agree. Shemuchal manada kohen gadol. If she was an almana, if his daughter was an almana, he could sell her to a kohen gadol, even though he technically can't marry her. And Semai diager rushava halutza. If she was divorced or she was uh, she had a halutza, you could sell her to a lekohen hediot to a regular kohen, even though he can't marry her. She just has to be able to get married, but not uh, but not actually get married. Meaning Kiddushin just has to be Topsin, and Kiddushin works technically, even though it's an Avira, but it works, and therefore that's good enough he could sell her as a slave. Now, just let's take a step back and, and ask a question. Hi, Almanat says he could sell her as, an, if she was an Almana, he could sell her to, to work as a maidservant to Kohen Gadol. So, Hechidami, what are we talking about? How did she end up being an Almana? Let's say her father was Mekadesh, her, and now she's married to someone, and then the person died, she comes back to her father. Can you really sell her as a maidservant? We all know that a father cannot sell his daughter as a maidservant after he sold, after he married her off. Once she's married, that's it, she's cut off from him. Elalav, rather, what are we talking about? The Kaddish Ihi Navsha, she was Mekadesh herself, Mekakarela Almana, still calling her an Almana. And that's the problem on Ula, who said that she cannot marry herself off. So, Amarav, Amram, Amar, it's Haq, no, Hacha, Over here, we're talking about something totally else. We're talking about this reservation, this Kiddushin that the master does to an Ama. If he likes her and he wants to marry her, so he gives her kiddushin. He reserves her to him. Now, and this goes according to that the money he originally gave the father doesn't all of a sudden turn into kiddushin money. So what we're talking about over here is a father who sold his daughter as an ama. The master was mayaid her. He gave her kiddushin. The father didn't do anything like that. Then the master dies. She goes back to her father, and her father now resells her an almanata kohen gadol. And that's the way Ula would explain everything. Itmar, it was said, met venafla A person was mekadesh ektana without her father's consent. He dies without children. Now she falls in front of his brother Shimon to do yibum. 
Amaravuna Amarav, Memaenet le Maamaro, Vena Memaenet le Zikato. She does a Mi'un, she protests the, the Maamar, the sort of Kiddushin that Shimon does to her. But she, at this point, it's already too late, and she cannot protest the entire marriage, meaning even her dead husband's uh, marriage. And Rav explains his words. Ketzad. Asaba ma'amar, if the Abam did a ma'amar, means he was mekadesher, Reuven dies without children, his wife Le'ah is now connected to Shimon, he does, uh, he tells her, Hare'at mekudeshet li, and now they're considered engaged. She needs three things. A, uh, she needs a get, she needs a halitza, and she needs a protest. Now, Rav explains. Number one, maybe the father was happy with the second brother's ma'amar. And, okay, she's technically married, so uh, the zika from the first husband, that connection from the first husband, plus the father might have been happy with the second uh, brother. Therefore, she needs a get. Number two, she would need a halitza. Why? Maybe the father was happy with the first kiddushin. And maybe her original marriage was a marriage, and therefore she needs a she needs a halitza. And she also needs to protest to the second brother. Why? Let's say the father was not happy, not with the first marriage, not with the second marriage. And let's say Shimon wants to marry Leah's sister. The problem is people are going to say, oh, wait, they're related. He can't marry her. And they're not going to know, oh, that uh, the first marriage wasn't a marriage. The second marriage wasn't a marriage. No one's going to know anything. Therefore, just do a mi'un so people could know about it and understand that the whole marriage has been annulled. Now, Rav continues to explain what he was saying. Lo asaba ma'amar. If the Yabam, if the Shimon, the Reuven's brother, didn't do a ma'amar, then she only needs a halitza. My amart, why? She should also need a mi'un. Meaning, just in case Shimon wants to marry her sister, they'll say, oh, wait, you guys are Yabam and Yabama. Now you can't marry your sister because there was a zika from the Torah. And the Gemara says, you don't have to worry about that. Why? Because everyone knows the sister of a halutza is only a derabanan. And in this type of case, when the father never gave permission, okay, the people will understand. Damarish Lakish. Resh Lakish explained, Kan Shana Rabbi over here, Rabbi Toras. Ahot Gerusha Mideoraita. One is not allowed to marry his divorcee's sister. That's from the Torah. It's considered Ayrva. And therefore, she wouldn't even need a Halitza. And a hot Halutza, but to marry the sister of an Halutza is only with the Sofrim. It's only with the Rabbanan. And in, in this type of case, it's a Rabbanan, plus the father never gave permission and she did it all by herself. So people will understand why, uh, why Shimon and Leah's sister would work. And the Gemara says a story. There was two people. They were drinking wine under a willow tree in Babel. And one of them took a cup of wine, gave it to his friend. I'm being Mekadesh, your daughter, to my son. 
even according to the rabbi who said in that Shmuel who said that if a, if a girl was mitkadesh against her father's will or without his consent, that we're, we suspect that maybe the father was okay with it and therefore the kiddushim actually works and she would need a get and a mi'un. So even according to Shmuel, but maybe the son was okay with it, we don't say. Meaning, although from the Torah, the girl is in the hands of her father, and her father could be Mekadesha to whoever she wants, yes, but the son is not in the hands of the father. So when this person gave a Kiddushin for his son, his son never gave permission, and therefore it doesn't count. As we explained before, you know, with a, with a girl, we say, anyone is better than no one, and okay, therefore, maybe the father accepted it, but with uh, with the son, it's not, that's not the case, and therefore we don't suspect that the son agreed, and therefore there's no, you don't need anything over here. And Amred le Rabbanan Rabbinah, Rabbanan told Rabbinah, why don't we have to worry about Kiddushin? Maybe the son sent his father as a shaliyah to, to go be a, a girl for him. And, the, and Rabina explained, No one is brazen enough, no one's disrespectful enough to make his father a shaliyah. But the Gemara asks, Maybe, you know, he told his father he liked this girl, and his father wanted to do him a favor. He didn't make his father shaliyah, but his father did it on his own, and we all know, we do something good for someone even when, it's not, when he's not there. We do something nice for someone behind his back, and it counts. So let it count over here. The Gemara explains, No, I heard straight out from Rabinah, He doesn't hold of Rav and Shmuel that maybe the father was okay with it. If Ktana if was mitkadesh without her father's consent, unless we heard the father agree, she's not mikudeshet. And all the more so in this case, where the, the, we didn't even hear the son give his consent to the father. For sure, this is not, not a marriage, and you don't even have to worry about anything. So we understand that Ravina is arguing on Rav and Shmuel, and he held that Iktanazmit Kadesh without her father's consent. We're not worried about the father maybe agreeing to this. However, if the father later on agreed to this, then Rabbi now would agree that the Kiddushin works. That's the way Ramban Rashban understood Rashi. Other Rishonim also agreed to this. However, the Reef, he held that even when a father agreed, we still don't uh, worry about Kiddushin over here. It doesn't count. The, uh, the consent had to be at the time of the Kiddushin, not later on. And Tosafot explains the Reef and the Shiltot, they hold like Aula, we're not worried about the, the father agreeing to this. Even if they did Shiduchin, that means they were already going out and the parents spoke, but they didn't actually do a Kiddushin yet. Still, it doesn't count. And according to Shi'otot and the Bahag and Rabbeinu Tam, that in the same way Hachamim were metaken a marriage, midrabanan marriage, for a Ketana whose father passed away, same thing, they were metaken if a father went away on a business trip, Still, Hachamim uh, Metaken that her brother, her father, or if she herself accepts Kiddushin, she's married with the Rabbanan. However, he brings Rabbeinu Menachem, who said it's Asur. Uh, maybe her father was Mekadesh or somewhere else, and that could get uh, into a problem. Either way, the Gemara continues. Person, it was Mekadesh Ektana without her father's consent, 
with a uh, with, with a bundle of some sort of vegetable in the marketplace. Even according to the rabbis who hold that we suspect that maybe the father agreed. When do we say that maybe the father would agree? That's derech kavod. If he did derech kavod, when he did it in such a disgraceful way with a bundle of, uh, of vegetables in the market. Then even the ones who usually say that the father would have, we have to worry about the father agreeing. Look, over here you don't have to worry. So Amar le Ravina. What's the disgrace over here? Is it the bundle of uh, vegetables or is it the the fact that he did it in the marketplace? And the nafkamina would be is if he gave her money in the shuk or bekisha de'arka bebeta or he gave her a bundle of vegetables at home. My word be the halacha. Amar le Rabbi told him idi ve'idi derch bizeyon. They both consider disgraceful, and everyone would agree it's, it doesn't count. And the gemara says the story. A father wanted his daughter married to his relatives. The the wife wanted the, the daughter to be married to her relatives. And and the wife won this battle. And the father agreed, okay, my daughter is going to marry your relatives. While they made a big soda, there were people eating and drinking. Comes the father's relative. He brings uh, the the girl to, to a roof or to the second floor. And without her father's consent, he was mekadesh this ketana. Amar Abaye ketiv sherit Yisrael lo yasu avla v'lo yedabru chazav. Abaye says we don't have to worry about the father agreeing to this because Ben Israel don't do trickery we don't speak lies if the father said he's going she's going to marry someone on his wife's side of the family that's it that's final we're not worried that uh, oh maybe he really agreed to his uh, to his side no we, we don't worry about Israel doing such a thing there's a hazaka a person doesn't set up a whole party for her to marry person a we don't uh, say that he would have been okay with the same soda for person b when you do a sauda for something, this is what you're doing it for, not for anything else. So my ben, I will be the nafkamina between them. The person didn't uh, work. You know, according to Abaye, the, we, we still don't have to worry about the kiddushin because ben Israel don't lie. According to Rabba, if he didn't work for it, maybe it is a kiddushin. Here's another case. Let's say her father gave the consent. And her father went off it, uh, for business. He went uh, overseas and she got married. So her father did the Kiddushin and she got married without the consent. So she walked down the aisle without her father's consent. Amarav, she's technically married and therefore she could eat teruma. Meaning when she's regular mekudeshet, uh, it was uh, really technically from the Torah, she's allowed to eat from the, the teruma. If she's Israel marrying a, ko- a Kohen, She's allowed to eat terumat, says, uh, so she's allowed to eat from his food, and technically the only reason Hachamim says she doesn't, just in case she might uh, give her brother something that's teruma, that's according to one opinion, another opinion, because the Kohen might change his mind, not want to marry her. Okay. 
But in this type of case, she's allowed to eat until her father comes, and if he doesn't like it, he'll protest that she walked down the aisle without his permission. She doesn't eat. Why? Ava says, who I read, that if her father comes in protest, it ends up being that she's a non-Kohen, she's a Zara, a stranger, who's eating teruma retroactively. And Tosafot cl- uh, clarifies that she's not a real stranger, she's only a stranger, she could technically eat. And there's a famous Mishneh Lamelech over here, who said, if, you know, we're talking about Teruma today, which is only Derabanan, so it's like a Derabanan, on a Derabanan, and we should, you know, we know the rules, Safeka, Derabanan, Le'akel, very fascinating sugya. And he says today that if a woman is engaged to a Kohen, she should be able to eat the Teruma. And the Gemara says a story, there was a story where a Ektana was mitkadeshta Kohen with her father's consent, and her father went overseas, she got married without his permission. Vehashla Rav Lehad Ravasen Rav was worried about Ravaseh. What he said that uh, she, just in case uh, father protests, and he said no eating. And Amar of Shmuel Bar Rav Itzhak Umodeh Rav Rav agrees that although she could eat teruma, still she emit if she dies. The Kohen does not inherit her money because we're going to keep the money by the person who technically has it and technically her side of the family has it. They're the muhzak, they're the one who have a stronghold over her assets and therefore they inherit their assets, not him. We're going to say it's still a safek and when it comes to safek, the money is going to stay where it is. Here's another case. She was mit Kaddish with her father's consent. She got married without her father's consent. And her father is here. And he knows, and he kept his mouth quiet. Rabbi Naamar, in our chelich, does not eat teruma, just in case the father will protest the marriage. The reason Ravuna says she does not eat, even according to Rav, who says she eats, that's because the father wasn't there. Over here, the the father was there, and she got married without his consent. Why is he quiet? He's upset, and he doesn't want to open his mouth, and you know that's it. Meaning, we have to worry that maybe he's really angry, and that's the reason he's not talking. We have to look at the both sides, not just oh he's he's happy. Maybe the opposite. Maybe he's angry. The Ramban and the Rashba explain. You know, it's one thing when it's a kiddushin, it's something in quiet, but when it's uh, when it's a wedding and it's in, and there's a big party and fanfare, maybe the father didn't want to open his mouth and uh, and make a big scene. Maybe he didn't want to stop everything, and therefore he kept his mouth quiet. So that's why we have to worry that maybe it's not a marriage. Now, even that a ktana who got married without her father's consent, she does not eat That's only because her father might come and protest. But over here, he's here, he's quiet. The fact that he's quiet, he's probably okay with it, then just let it go. Here's another case. She was mit Kaddish without her father's consent. And she got married without her father's consent. And her father's watching this entire thing. He was at the wedding from Kiddushin and the Nisuin. And he was quiet the whole time. And he was upset. He never gave his agreement. But he just kept quiet. 
Abuna Amar Ochelet, she could eat Ruma, Virmiya Baraba Amar in Ochelet, she does not eat. And Amar Ula had Ravuna, when Ravuna says she could eat, Kahomets Lashinem Vichashan Lainem. It's like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. Because Hashtau Mahatam over there, when she was mit Kadesh with her father's consent, and she got married without consent, the Kiddushi Deoraita, the Kiddushin works Deoraita, and Amarat Eloachla, and you said she does not eat. Hacha, when she was Mitkadesh, and she got married without him saying, go ahead, do it. And look, all she can, all the more so she should not be able to eat. And therefore, Olas explains, Nerin Divre Talmid, I'd rather go to Rav who was Ravuna's student, that she should not eat Teruma. And Amar Amad Ravuna, and Rava explains what's Ravuna's reason that she should be able to eat Teruma. She becomes like a Yetoma, an orphan while the father's still alive, meaning, the father watched her mit Kaddish and get married, and he didn't open his mouth. It's as if he gave his consent, and it's not the same thing as she was mit Kaddish with his consent, and she got married without his consent, because over there I could say anger. But over here, he watched the whole thing and kept his mouth quiet. Okay. Like Rashi explains it, the fact that he was quiet, or you agreed to it, or you forgot any right of protesting that the Torah gave you. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.